Hello. Hello. Welcome to the Drunken Time Travel Podcast. I'm Irish Gav, and here as ever, my co-host... English Gav. Who the Daleks call the oncoming storm. Is that what they call it? They do call it that. Oh, I don't know. Well, better they call the sea bear. The what? Well, the sea bear, yes. Yeah. You, know, you know the French call you that. I don't care what the French think. If there's one thing this podcast is about, it's that Gav doesn't care what the French think. Should we move on from the French? <laughs> we should always move on from the French. That's what the Treaty of Versailles was about. So, the beer this week? Yes, the beer this week we have is called the Reverend James. Yes, from Brains. Yes, the Brains Brewery. Yes, well, we'll tell you why we're drinking that. Later. Yeah, it's always later. Yes. So, so is this some kind of synopsis? I guess so, then. Then we'll get to that. It's, of course, the story is The Celestial Toymaker. And it's only apt that the first episode will be called The Celestial Toy Room. And off we go. Me. Just like Madonna's career, the Doctor disappears and reappears a few times. On the scanner, it shows nothing, but that means it's working, apparently. What? The Doctor deduces this episode is Celestial Toymaker, as he's met him before and he's been on IMDb. The Toymaker is an evil force who captures people and plays with them. So, a cat then? Outside the TARDIS, they find a robot with a TV on its stomach, which must be a prototype Teletubby. Prototype Teletubby. That's tough. Cutting-edge references from me this week. The toy maker tries to get Dodo to watch the screen, which is showing her the day her mother died. When Dodo wants to escape, she can't. There are now multiple TARDISes, and only one is real. Maybe she's had a few beers. Then the Doctor and toy maker disappear, and two clowns, Joey and Clara, appear to play a game. Seems like a fair enough exchange. After each game the companions play, they'll get to check one of the TARDISes. However, they have to find the real one before the Doctor completes his game with the Toymaker. The game in question is called Trilogic and has 1,023 moves. Almost as many as the number of episodes in the Dalek Master Plan. It involves moving different sized blocks onto three positions, one wrong one, and he'll be trapped forever. Kind of like playing board games with relatives at Christmas. Stephen and Dodo's first game is Blindman's Buff which isn't as filthy as you'd think. The Doctor tries to warn them about it. To punish him, the Toymaker makes him invisible again. That's a punishment? Anyway, in the game, one partner is blindfolded and has to be guided about an obstacle course with coded noises. First to fall, loses. Kind of like BBC's Wipeout. Joey succeeds, and needless to say, Stephen fails. There's soon a rematch after, after they find Joey has a see-through blindfold. In the rematch, the clowns lose and disappear. Only it happened like that in real life. The TARDIS they get is a fake. But never mind, they get a riddle. Episode 2, The Hall of Dolls. Stephen and Dodo then find two rooms with three chairs in one and four in the other. The Doctor tries again to tell them the answer, but is silenced by the Toymaker, who takes his voice and William Hartnell goes on holiday. Stephen and Dodo deduce there's one chair that isn't the deadly one. Stephen and Dodo deduce there's one chair that isn't a deadly one and find seven dolls to test the chairs. I have an idea, Stephen. Eh, never mind. The toy maker sends his next minions playing cards. People dressed as the King, Queen, Jack and Joker join Stephen and Dodo. Ah, cosplay. Hiding three of the dolls, they share the rest, two for the cards and two for themselves. In the room, Stephen and Dodo have one chair left to check and for some reason Dodo sits on it. She begins to freeze, but before Schwarzenegger can turn out with puns, Stephen manages to pull her free. 
In the other room, with no dolls left, the king and queen decide to both sit on the same chair so they'll go together. What is it with these people? The chair collapses and Stephen sits, and the remaining one winning the game. After another f- fake TARDIS, a phone rings. No, it's not Zaz, but the toy maker. It's another riddle. As they move on, the three dolls left begin to pursue them. Oh no! Episode 3, The Dancing Floor. Stephen and Dodo find themselves in an old-fashioned kitchen, on security. Sergeant Rogg and Mrs. Wiggs, the cook, tell them to go to the dancing floor, but the door is locked. So Dodo uses Rogg to help her look for the key throughout the kitchen. Is this the crystal maze? The toy maker, meanwhile, moves the doctor's game on a number of moves, as he's not playing quick enough. He's an old man, leave him alone. Meanwhile, Mrs. Wiggs is getting annoyed at the mess that's being made in the kitchen. She ought to see mine. Her and Rug then argue and a food fight breaks out. Rug threatens to throw Mrs. Wiggs pie, not a euphemism. Dodo then realises they haven't looked in it and find the key. So it was a key lime pie? And proceed to the dancing floor. The toy maker angrily demands Wiggs and Rug prevent the companions succeeding on the dance floor. No, it appears to be a reality show. Speaking of dancing, there's three ballerinas at the far end of the floor and on the other end is the TARDIS. When the companions step on the floor, the ballerinas dance and music plays. And now it's Dance Dance Revolution 60s style. Stephen is caught up in the dancing and can't make it any further, and Dodo follows. Rog and Wiggs are next onto the dance floor, but because of this, the companions are able to get free. Best opponents ever. Having found another fake TARDIS, they get another riddle, and then Cyril, a fat schoolboy, appears. Well, more of a schoolman. Episode 4, the longest episode ever. The final test. TARDIS Hopscotch is the last game. Cyril explains the rules, always the best part. Each player gets a die to roll and moves the number of triangles indicated. First of the TARDIS is the winner. Oh, and the floor between the triangles is electrified. Now we're talking. The toy maker moves the doctor's game on again and says they're bound to lose. Well, if you keep moving the game on, yeah. After they've made their moves, Cyril says that if you land on an occupied triangle, the original person has to go back to the start. Sure enough, after Cyril changes the rule, Stephen has to go back to the start. The Doctor is made visible and may or may not have a tan. To put Dodo off, Cyril surprises her by wearing a gorilla mask. Stephen complains, but Cyril says she was asking for it. Stephen, having had enough of games, tries to get to the TARDIS. The toymaker blocks him with an invisible barrier. Yay for cheap invisible things. Stephen rolls a six in his next go, but isn't allowed to roll a second roll after that. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Doctor's moved on to move 1000. A few goes later, Dodo is about to move, but Cyril cries. Dodo spots blood on his foot and goes to help. Oh look, it's all a trick, and she's sent to the start. With his next roll, Cyril has won. He jumps to the TARDIS, but slips some powder he left there and burned alive. Darwin Award. The Doctor stops one move short of winning and joins Stephen and Dodo in the TARDIS. They try to dematerialise, but it fails. Toymaker says that in order to escape, he must finish his game. The only slight downside is that when he does, the world and everyone in it, except the Toymaker, will vanish. The Doctor asks for the Trilogic game to be moved inside the TARDIS, but not even Slitheens are that stupid. Stephen says that they won't get anywhere by just talking, and in a patented house moment gets an idea. Using the Superman 2 method of acquiring new powers, the Doctor commands the Trilogic game using the Toymaker's voice. At the same time, the TARDIS takes off. The Doctor celebrates by eating a sweet that Dodo had been given by Cyril. He shouts in pain and clutches his jaw. So the riddles, Gav. Yes, we got riddles at the end of every episode. Apart from four. Apart from four. 
because there's no point then. There is no point. Only sweets. I would still like one though. Hmm? You would still like a riddle. A sweet. Well, you like a sweet. Yeah. And you like four sweets instead of three riddles. Yes. yes, give me a sweet at the end of every episode. I know. I'm sure people would still complain about that. Well, people complain about things. This is true. You can't stop complaining. I can't. No, you can't. Somebody can, I'm sure. You said that after you unpaused it. My joke. I'll have to take it out. And this. Yes, so the first riddle. Yeah. Do you want to read the first riddle? I shall read the first riddle. Who will you read it in the style of? I shall read this in the style of... I don't know. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Do your Bond villain voice. Four legs, no feet. Of arms, no luck. It carries no burden on its back. Six deadly sisters, seven for choice. Call the servants without voice. I like that. That was almost Shakespearean, the way you delivered that. Not quite Bond villainy. No, there was nowhere near Bond villainy. No. Unless there was like Macbeth or something happened to be a Bond villain. Yeah, so the thing about my accents, they just come out randomly. Yeah, I could believe that. Plains about your English exam. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, so so the four legs, no feet, of arms, no leg, carries no burden on its back. Six deadly sisters, seven for choice. That was the chairs. Yes. The, the seven chairs, one of which was not deadly. Yeah. Call the servants without voice. That was a bit random. Oops. That was the dolls that were dancing or something. Yeah, it was the mannequin dummy things that they throw on the chairs. How did they run out of dummies? Because there were seven. Yeah. And there were seven chairs. And they, and then the other people came along. So they, I read in my review, they hid three of the, the dolls so that they'd have a, they'd have a spare lot. Yeah. But, oh, and then yeah. they shared them, and then, but the ones that they had were in the other room, so they weren't able to use them. And then Dodo randomly sat on a chair that was deadly, but she was pulled out of it. Yeah, why didn't she just go back and get one of the... Because they didn't want dolls. them to know about the dolls. You're sure that, that would be more beneficial than randomly sitting in a chair? It wasn't the best game plan, if you ask me. I know that. The odds are against her. You know it's that. It's a probability we're talking about. We'll get to that a lot later. Where's that next week, Gav? Next week. Well, there were better odds than they were at the start. Mm. I cannot disagree with that. Good. Next riddle? But, uh, yeah, it was, it's fun trying to work out these riddles yourself during that, but it turns out they don't have that much meaning or relevance. Or anywhere else except for the, yeah. <laughs> so it's like you're wasting your time trying to solve these riddles. <laughs> next one then, yes. Uh, I'll read this one. In the style of Christopher Walken. (laughs) (laughs) Precious up. Not really, I can just delete it. Hunt the key to fit... Now this is awful, isn't it? Hunt the key to fit the door hmm, that leads out to the dancing floor. Then escape the rhythmic beat or you'll forever tap your feet. Was that a bit like Walken? I suppose a bit. That was more like Walken, that bit there. It was a good enough attempt. That means a lot. Does it really? No. no I didn't think it did. Because I could be lying. We're always lying. Are you Moffat? So you're lying. Yes, I am Moffat. Hunt the, right, hunt the key to fit the door. Well, that's obvious. Uh, that leads out onto the floor. Dancing floor, that's dancing obvious. Floor, yes. Then escape the rhythmic beat or you'll forever tap your feet. Well, that was the game that they had to escape the dancing or something. Yeah. No, not quite so much of a riddle, more no. of an instruction. More, more stuff that's going to happen. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. But those were, the riddles were a lot like there was a game show in the UK called 321, which involved crappy riddles like this that could, and there were prizes, which could be anything from the, the, the show mascot Dusty Bin to uh, a holiday in Marbella. I can't remember the riddles. Can you remember the show? I remember Dusty Bin. You remember Dusty Bin? Of course. Was he your favourite? Of that show, yes. Oh, because you can only remember him. I can remember the three to one guy as well. Ted Rogers. Uh, and you want to do what? What's your impression going to be for the third riddle? Who knows? We'll see. We will see. And take it away. A random impression. Will, <laughs> will it be the celestial toy maker? Let's find out. No. Lady Luck will show the way. Win the game or heal, you'll stay. You're welcome. I'm not going to ask you what that was. I don't know what it was. It's just a noise that came out my mouth. <laughs> I think we're all glad it was your mouth this time. Uh, yeah. Um, that, that one's even less... Because the first one was like a riddle. The second one is just stuff that's going to happen. The third one is just 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 generic for any game ever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, be lucky or not. <laughs> there you go. Choice is yours, really. It's more like a logic puzzle. Why are you giving us these riddles at the end of each episode? That make no sense. So the Celestial Toymaker, who was, of course, Michael Goff, who would play Alfred the Butler in the Batman movies. Ah, is that who he is? He also, he also played a uh, Gallifreyan in a... Future Doctor as well. Does he? He does. Interesting. But it'll be like it'll be like twenty seventeen before we get to that. Presuming we're gonna last that long. Of course. We'll we'll probably took over the internet by then, I imagine. I'll not be the one who quits. Really? Yeah. We'll see about that. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I was gonna say it's pity uh that the the uh celestial toy maker never came back. Yeah, yeah. Because he's a really good character. Yeah, I did enjoy him. Thankfully, we got him back in the Big Finish uh, series. Well, he was going to come back for the Colin Baker's season twenty-three before it was cancelled, and then it was made just made into this uh, the Trial of a Time Lord. But as you hmm. say, they uh, they made that into a lost story with Big Finish, but not with uh, Michael Goff since he retired by then. But they they were very good though. And you should seek them out. I should. Yes, you should. I listened to them this week. Again. Again. Alright, not you then. Everybody else. If you enjoyed this one. I did? Oh, not me though. Yes. No, everybody All else. Right, okay. I thought we covered that already. <laughs> it, yeah, he should have. He really should have come back to face the Seventh Doctor in, in, on TV. That would have been good. Yeah, bit, bit of an unfair fight though, that wouldn't it be? Well, yeah. Seventh Doctor would wipe the floor and. It did turn out that it was the Seventh Doctor's plan all along. Yeah, which is the best plan ever. But because the Seventh Doctor's always playing games, see, and then you've got Celestial Toymaker who's right. playing games. That's why I like that. Mm. There was there was there was a big finish with him with him and the Seventh Doctor, which I listened mm. to as well. Called is it the Nightmare Fair? No, that was no. the other one. What is that one? The Mouse. Oh, the Mouse Trap. The Magic Mouse Trap. Magic Mouse Trap, yeah. Which was great. Yeah, I enjoyed, really enjoyed that one. That was good. I can't remember much of it. So, yeah, so, so he's a, an immortal person 
and you said when it, when it boils down to it. Yeah, he's. Uh, it it basically explains the reason for doing this. Is 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 bored? Well, so he's, he's been around for eternity. Yeah, being immortal, you tend to be around for a long time. Yeah. So uh, so he decides to kidnap somebody who can beat one of his games, so that his own world is destroyed, so he can rebuild another one from scratch. Mm. He has to continually play games. And it is uh, like you, really. Why why can't he just uh, just sort of like. Fake lose again. Why does he have to find somebody that can beat him? If he gets that board, why can't he just like tip his king over? You can't do that. You can't fake lose a game. You have to play by the rules. Ah, that's one of his uh, rules, isn't it? Yes. Uh-huh. One of the rules is we must play by the rules. Not sure why that's needed, but there you are. So he's basically just collecting life forms for his amusement. Yes, because he's poor. Yes. Yeah, he's bored and nobody's going to play his reindeer games. Ah, oh, reindeer mm-hmm. games. Yes, I have to get that too. <laughs> yeah, that was going to be a title of a movie with uh, Ben Affleck, I believe. And then they changed it, which was stupid because reindeer games is a great title for a movie. Uh, yeah, I, I like it. No idea what sort of movie that would be. but it, it would, I don't know. We'll never find out. We'll never know. Unless we watch it. Damn I think it was like a heist movie or something. But maybe they should make a, mm. maybe a movie where like reindeers played games. And um, what sort of games would reindeers play? Well, I have to answer this. Um, I think hide and seek, Gav. Because, you know, with his, uh, with his, Rudolph with his red mm. nose. Yes. Is it? Maybe he would have to look for people. Maybe he would have to look for the reindeers. Because otherwise it would be quite easy to find them. Or using his nose as a torch. Yes. That's some kind of sonic torch. <laughs> sonic nose. Sonic nose, yeah. Mm, maybe. I don't know. As you said, we will never know. And uh, also, the, uh, the the Toy Master, as I'm going to call him. Okay. Oh, I'll have a Toy Master. What, are you talking about the uh, toy company in the UK? Or the villain in the He-Man and Masters of the Universe costume? Are they not both one and the same? <laughs> <laughs> It would give me an immense pleasure to know that they were. I'm glad and it I was think, pleasure that think, you said that. I think you both know. I think we both know what I'm talking about there. But yes, he did say to the doctor, was, uh, remember the agreement? And I was like, what? The agreement where you didn't give them a chance to agree? You just told them what was going to happen. You kidnapped them and said, you will have to play my game. And now that's an agreement, apparently. So we didn't say remember the album? No. He said, remember the agreement. Hmm. Do you remember the Alamo I don't remember the Alamo, because I wasn't there. Well, then it failed. But that doesn't Doesn't stop me not remembering other things. No, it doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, that's stupid, because you get people who say, and I ask them, like, at work, have you seen... There's a guy at work who hadn't seen seen Big. Everybody's seen Big. Well, he has now, because we told him to watch it, but he hadn't hadn't seen it. He hadn't heard of it. What? It's worse than you. But, but will he, he remember it forever? He better, he will, because I stamped it on his head. Um, yeah, you, get, you get people who say, oh, have you seen The French Connection or something? And they say, oh, that was before I was born. What? I mean, there was some way you could, you could like, watch things before you were born. If there is, I'd like to know how to do it. Through the medium of success... Is success a medium now? It is. Why don't I have it? Because it's a medium now. 
and you don't believe in uh, in mediums. But no, they're not real. Yeah, that's why you don't it's, have success. It's all pretend. That's why you don't have success. Like Stephen. Yes. He doesn't have success. I, I like <laughs> that segue there. <laughs> it was good, wasn't it? <laughs> I've been learning from the Sarcastic Voyage podcast. <laughs> but yes, uh, St- <laughs> Stephen, at the end of the first episode, I believe. Yes, I like his attempt at opening a door. Yeah. He went up to it, he undid all the locks and pushed it and then declared the door will not open. What happened to pulling it, Stephen? Doors can go two ways. Stephen is intransigent now. He has to, has to, has to, the door has to obey him or that's it. He doesn't care. Since when did he get this? Uh, so arrogant. Hmm. He's always been, it's always his way or the highway, you know? Is, it? is that what that new sign in the TARDIS says? Yep. That's what it says. Uh, at the front of the TARDIS, it doesn't say pulled open. It says Stephen has <laughs> pushed open. If that doesn't work, screw it. <laughs> Stephen says. Uh, yes. Yes, and then towards the end, how the hell did he hurt himself? I told you this. <laughs> I still he tried, I <laughs> he tried to punch the Celestial Toy Maker. But he went in. He went invisible or something, and so it went through him. And he punched him with his with his right hand. Went yeah. through him, and hit his left arm. It, it's like the, like an idiot. <laughs> it is the only explanation that makes sense. He punched himself on his left arm, and thus hurt himself. Because other than that, it doesn't make sense, and it bugs me. Bugs you then? Yeah. And apparently he can control the TARDIS now. At the, at the beginning, or the end, the Doctor was telling him to set controls mm. and things. Yeah, and he just went straight to it, pressed buttons and did, did stuff controlling the TARDIS. Since when have people been able to do that? The Doctor can't even control that. Because <laughs> who, who, who's going <laughs> to teach him? The only person I can think that would have taught Stephen how to control the TARDIS would have been River Song. And uh, she hasn't met him, as far as I know. Not yet. She could have met him when he when he left the TARDIS for a while. But she but she meets the Doctor when he's younger and younger. So maybe she maybe she has a fling with uh, the first. Maybe she has a fling with Stephen, thinking he's the first Doctor. <laughs> oh yes, I'm the. So she has a fling with Stephen, right? Yeah. And the first Doctor's hiding in bushes, telling him what to say, in the like Serrano de Bergerac kind of way. Really? Yeah. I don't I don't think the first Doctor would be in for that. Well, it's either that or he has to go at it with uh, with River Song. So, you know, I think he'd be rather in the bushes. He'd just lock himself in the TARDIS somewhere. I don't think he'd be feeding Stephen. Stephen could do it all by himself, I'm sure. Stephen can feed himself? Yes. So the Doctor doesn't have to get a spoon and say, Here comes the train. Here comes the plane. Open wide. I do hope he does. I hope that's one of the extras on a DVD. <laughs> Be the best extra ever. They will have won all extras. Well, we can make it. We can make it. We can just use a reconstruction. We can just have a couple of pictures and pretend that's what's happened. I'll get on Photoshop and I'll make it. But uh, after after the story finished, Peter Purvis um, got the Trilogic game as a prop, to, you know, as a memento. Mm. And then after he left the series, he began to see the prop as unlucky because he wasn't getting parts. Not because it was rubbish? Mm, probably not. So then he threw it away and uh, apparently got a part in Z cars. That's Z cars. After he disposed of it. 
Not air cars. No. He wouldn't, he wouldn't be good enough to get a part in the air cars. And then he, then he was in Blue Peter. But anyway. And um, that was probably the best role. Blue Peter? Yep. Do you remember that? Yes. Despite it being before you were born? It was also after I was born as well. Was it? Well, not with Peter Purvis, it was. Wasn't, was. But Blue Peter was. So Dodo, she, uh, <laughs> she's your favourite, isn't she? Uh, no. Tell us all the ways you like her. No. <laughs> Why don't you? Uh, I like her because of how she treats um, the, the, pe- the you know the, the, the dolls and things like mm. normal people. You like that, yeah? Yeah, I, I did like mm. that. Yeah, you know she wasn't she wasn't treating them like because they were people who'd been trapped by the by the time maker. Yeah, ultimately they were innocent people that had been trapped by the time maker, but they now work for the time maker. They are working against Dodo and Stephen, trying to earn their time master. Sorry, time master. And they're trying to earn their freedom. They are the enemies, essentially. Essentially, it doesn't mean you can't be friends with them. Oh, it does. Oh, it does. It does. You certainly don't go around telling them your strategies and everything like she was. Well, well, I wouldn't do that, no. I, I disagree with her doing that. But, I mean, I did like that she was being friends. You know, she was treating them like normal people. Okay. Unlike Stephen pushing doors Taylor, as he's known. Pushing Doors Tail. Yep. Why is he called Pushing Doors Tail? Because he only pushes doors. Oh, <laughs> yes. That literally only happened five minutes ago. See, this is my memory. <laughs> it doesn't remember things. Your memory doesn't remember things. No. What about your hippocampus? That, uh, that specifically doesn't remember things. <laughs> It makes you a part of your brain that specifically doesn't remember things. Yes. Its its job is specifically not remember things. Yes, yes I've, I've, uh, I've retuned that part of the brain for drinking beer. Um, what percentage of your brain is used for drinking beer? Uh, 4%, which is quite a lot, if you ask me. And there's uh, another point about Dodo, which uh, make me sound like a hater. Yet she went to... Uh, after Stephen was talking to the Time Master, is that she goes, she told Stephen off for not mentioning the Doctor. And then, uh, what couldn't you say anything? You were there. As the, uh, Time Master made you mute as well. And do you have anything uh, good to say about Dodo, this episode? I have said all my good things about Dodo. Your good was my bad. I think that's, that's, a, that's a, uh, tagline for our podcast. But all in all, I, I, honestly, I didn't really mind Dodo on this one. There were a couple of, uh, niggling points there that I just pointed out. That's true. But I really, angry about. But, I really <laughs> but I really didn't mind Dodo in this one, actually. Yeah, she was right. She, she was decent, you know. She decent on this. Yeah. Don't think she was decent. See what she was wearing. Phil Scott. I liked what she was wearing. <laughs> I thought she looked good. It matched um, Dodo for me. You think she's a skank? It wasn't that slutty or anything. <laughs> I said skanky. Oh, it's skanky then. I thought it was very reserved. So, speaking of great things. Yes. Segway. <laughs> Is that what you're going to do every time we have a segway? 
We'll see. <laughs> uh, it could be his new feature. Well, you said it once. All I need to do is copy it in every time. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, Cyril. He, he was great. Part one. Yeah, as he liked to say. He, he said it once, didn't he? I think he said it at least twice. Yeah. yeah. I will defer to your greatness. Great. Everyone's great. He he uh, he was in the style of a character called Billy Bunter from around that time, which was created by a guy called Frank Richards, who complained that there was an infringing on his copyright. So there was a disclaimer uh, on the credits of the last episode, apparently, to say, you know, uh, any similarities between things and stuff aren't real. Just is the, is chill that, out, chill out, man. Is that the origin of the disclaimer? It is. Is it Frank Richards' fault? It is. I don't know if it's the origins of the disclaimer. I'm sure. I'm, I'm going to pretend it is. Well, I'm going to blame it all on Frank Richards. Well, it was from 1965, so probably... Everybody suing everybody is all Frank Richards' fault. So you want to punch him? And, no. And I want to slap him. With a fish. But... You know now we're going to have to put a disclaimer at the end of this one saying any similarities <laughs> between this fish slapping sketch from Monty Python is purely <laughs> circumstantial. But it wasn't. I'm blatantly ripping straight Stop off it. Stop it, you're making it worse. <laughs> but yeah, as good as uh, the Cyril character was, uh, it was sort of quite amusing and fun. Was, uh, what's so scary about facing Cyril? He's not proved himself very uh, formidable so far. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> for, for the uh, for the twenty minutes we saw him yeah. up to his death. Yeah, he, he slipped on his own powder, on his own slippy powder. How formidable what, is what, that what, for what, an opponent? What is slippy powder? I don't know. It's not talcum powder. That's not slippy. It's not flour. It's funny it's talcum powder. You know, you Kindles and uh, e-book readers and things. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and, and on holiday, right, you've got uh, suntan lotion all over you, so, you know, whenever you're moving the screen along, it's all over the screen. Yes. Uh, uh, I know someone who said that they would countermand that by putting talc on their hands. Yeah. Wouldn't you just who end up a uh, friend... Of a friend at work, mm. and it would end up with with. I like how you distance <laughs> distancing from myself because. from them. I have never met this person, but now they're on a podcast. <laughs> Wouldn't you just end up with talk over your screen instead of lotion? Possible. No. Why not? Well, you you rub the talc in, don't you? You don't leave a fine layer of talc. It disappears as you rub it in. So you've got lotion on. Mm. And then you put talc on. Yeah. Not that I'm a fine connoisseur of talc. Are you not? No. So that sponsors out the window then. So, yes, let's do the beer. So this beer is by a fine uh, brewery place called Brains. Brains. Uh, it's called a zombie place. Yeah, Welsh, I believe. Yep. Uh, so we're drinking this because, you know, games, brains, that kind of thing. Yeah. Intelligence. Uh, apparently on the back it says uh, that this beer is built to a traditional recipe. <laughs> I like you said apparently on the back as you're reading it. Yes. <laughs> as if 
between reading it and speaking, there might be some kind of untruth in there. Yes, I cannot trust my own eyes. And, it says, and has been described as uh, being a match currently... No, sorry. Has been described as having a flavour not commonly available these days. I'm finding it difficult to describe as well. It's finding it hard to generate an opinion on this. Do you like it? I don't dislike it, but I don't particularly like it. It's almost a stout, but it's not quite. It's like a clear stout. Yeah, it tastes like a watered-down stout. Yeah, it contains gluten, yeah. Oh, that's good, because uh, most beer does, and uh, that's what I'm allergic to, so... Bonus for that. Bonus for that. I don't drink beer unless I'm allergic to it. Jeez. What can you tell me about Brains Brewery, then? I can't tell you literally nothing other than it's based in Wales. And I've had... Uh, and last, when we went to uh, Cardiff to visit the doctor experience uh, many years ago, we drank a lot of Brains beer, and we, it was very nice. I was uh, impressed with the Brains. I did like the stout one. Did you? Mm-hmm. I liked the generic beery one. I can't remember what we called it. I think they just called it generic beery one. I would drink a beer that called itself the generic beery one. Yeah, why don't beers call themselves the stout one and the generic beery one? Apart from the fact that they would have to put a disclaimer that they're nothing to do with friends. Ah, uh, see what you did there eventually. People don't say fellow me lad enough. Or whippersnapper for that matter. No, they don't. Well, I think it's about time for this. Yeah, I think you should start saying it a bit more and... Oh, I see, you young whippersnapper. Don't call me. Don't call you. You. Oh, right. Oh, yes, anyway, what, what does fellow Millard mean, anyway? Fellow Millard? I don't know. It's, that's a stupid phrase. I'm glad people don't say it. I think they should say it more. Whippersnapper, I can bring back, if you like. I'm sorry, yeah. Because what do you call them? Wigs said those two things. So I like that. Malarkey's a good word as well, but he didn't say that. I like Malarkey. Thanks, my colleague. You're welcome. Uh, not my colleague. <laughs> you know <laughs> Where there was another bit with what do you call them? With with the toys. With Dodo says to Stephen about the the dolls. If they're not real, how can you lose your temper with them? And, and thus, fandom was born. <laughs> Every day, people lose but, their temper with characters that aren't real. But didn't Dodo? Think they were real and treat them as real? Or was she just uh, empathising with uh, Stephen there? If Stephen was getting annoyed with them and, and, and her and them and saying, you know, how can you be empathi- empathic with them because they're not real? And she said, if they're not real, how can you lose your temper with them? It's easy to lose your temper with something that's not real. I do it all the time. We, remote control is not working. Lose my temper with that. You're always losing your temper, you. I don't, I never lose my temper. I know, that's, that's why I'm... I'm very placid. Yes, so when and, do you ever and, lose and your and temper with things? Unless they're wearing sweatbands. Well, let's not get into that. Yes, yes. Let's, never, let's never reveal your sweatband hate. The, the squeaky yeah. clown was, was quite awful. 
one of the clowns could speak yeah. and one of them couldn't. And the one that could speak had a really high-pitched voice that I could not understand at all. Yeah, well, only on the reconstruction, though. Or the uh, 83rd generation reconstruction <laughs> copy that we've got. The the audio copy was fine. So I, when, when I listened to that eventually, you could hear what was actually happening. But yeah, the, it was a bit better, yeah, yeah. The audio quality on the actual reconstruction was just terrible. And so it was really hard to see what was going off and make out what people were saying with the reconstruction. It was very off-putting. And, and the, uh, the, there were three different opponents, but they were all played by pretty much the same actors. Yeah. Carmen Silvera, Edith from Alo was one of them. I've heard of Alo Alo. Uh, I don't know where it is, though. You stupid woman. His wife. Alright. You know who Rene is? I know Rene, yes. His wife. I can't picture the wife. The, uh, the doctor who, for, he, he previously met Toy Mit, met the Toy Master. Yes, he uh, apparently said that, or at least he knows about him. No, he previously met him, and yeah. he managed to escape before they even started the game. But not this time. But not this time. This time he wanted to play. Apparently. Yes, we must play him this time. Was he a Cyberman? Was that, was that a Cyberman? Uh, I don't know what was it meant to be. I, it, it was just a random impression again. Oh, right. Not impression, yeah. random we accent. Are being, we are being treated this over. <laughs> Speaking of crappy impressions, <laughs> the Doctor did a pitch-perfect impression of the, uh, the, the Toy Master. It was as almost as if it was actually Michael Garth's voice. Yes, I, I was utterly convinced by his impersonation. So where did that come? The sound editing room. Mm. Oh, you mean his ability to uh, access the sound editing room. <laughs> He's never accessed the sound <laughs> editing room. Yeah. Do they have a room for sound editing? <laughs> In the toilets, probably. Uh, they, they have a room for most things. So, um, yeah. But yeah, it was the Doctor's most exciting adventure yet. He played a game for really? four episodes. Really? Who says it's the most exciting I'm one? Being yet? sarcastic. Oh, right. I'm sorry, I did not pick up on that. Play, playing a game, a trilogic game for four episodes. Yes, but there was very little that happened in this one. For him, anyway. Um, well, for him, he went for an holiday in the Caribbean or something. The Doctor didn't know. Um, yeah, which probably explains why he had to face the enemy at the end of the because he hadn't really done anything else. And because Stephen's not going to win it, is he? No. At the start of the episode, when the uh, doctor was made intangible, and he asked uh, Stephen or Dodo, I can't remember which, to open the doors. Because if the doctor's intangible, why didn't he... Why did he have to open the doors? Why couldn't he just walk through them? I was like, oh wait, that's what Dodo said. So it's like what I thought at the time, but Dodo said it anyway. And then why, why did they have to do that anyway? Well, he probably thought, I'll tell them to open the doors so they can come with me. Okay. It's coming out. So, <laughs> onto the games. The reconstruction made it very easy to know what was happening with the games. Yes, I. You could clearly see everything. Yep. 
But it was too late. We couldn't see anything. Yes, there's nothing better than watching somebody play a game and just seeing not, stills yes. every every thirty seconds and hearing noises. Yeah. Yes, it weren't so much uh, people talking and uh, stuff. It was yeah, we're, we're actually watching people play games apart from we can't watch them play games. Quite annoying. So the worst reconstruction ever. Why did they have to do this? <laughs> Couldn't they have got rid of something else? What about like, the gunfighters? There's nothing wrong with the gunfighters. Well, you wouldn't, didn't say the web planet? Or the web planet, yes. I was just said the gunfighters got something to win it next. It was just the first one in my mind. Okay. So, and according to Stephen, clowns have always good at games. Yeah. He wasn't looking forward to the prospect of playing against clowns for some reason. Who is? I'll play against him. I'll play against anybody. I will be anybody. You want to play against clowns? Yeah, because they're rubbish. I expect they're rubbish at games. That's why they're clowns. Because they're not good at anything else. So why else would you be a clown? Sorry, you're not good at games. You should become a clown. I thought... See, I think they would be good at some games. Which games would clowns be good at? They'd be good at playing hide-and-seek with a reindeer. Interesting. Because the, the reindeer would find them, and then they'd find out it was, you know, uh, Rudolph. Because they'd be confused by the red nose, you see. So Rudolph could use them as decoys. Rudolph with his nose so red. Rudolph with his clowns. In bed. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on from sexual clowns, yes. uh, that, the yes. trilogy game was yes. what? Stupid trilogy game. Yes. Stupid trilogy game was based on Tower of Hanoi, I believe. Yes, where, where did the name Tower of Hanoi come from? I'm Do glad you asked, Gav. Are you? Apparently, it's uh, something to do with it. There's, there's a legend that they play this game somewhere, possibly Hanoi. But the priests are doing it with, instead of, what, the doctor have eight or nine pieces? Yeah, I think he had nine or ten. They, they have 64 pieces between, th- and they have to move them uh, between three uh, different Post posts. Things. And you can't yeah. put a large one on top of a small one. But yeah, these, these priests, according to the legend, have been moving them, and just whenever they're finished, whenever they've got the final piece, uh, the world will end. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm uh, more intrigued with this story about than the rubbish uh, 2012 apocalypse crap. Um, but apparently, if, even with the number of moves it would take, even if it takes a second to do each move, it would still take 585 billion years before they would finish it. Which, it's interestingly it's enough, <laughs> is still quicker than most Monopoly games. <laughs> Comedy. <laughs> So, going back to the story of the game. Yes. This one takes, what, 1,023 moves. It does, From yes. nine. Don't worry. And the, uh, and the Toy Master, he keeps skipping the game ahead. Uh, he does it a few times, yes. Yeah. Because the Doctor's too old or slow. Or yeah, the only logical way to skip it forward to a move is to move it to the correct move that it should be. So essentially, every time he moves it forward, the Doctor only has to play it from that point onwards. 
and the what is it the very last move he makes it to is like about a thousand something just short of what it's to do mm. oh sound like a very tough game yeah there's one point he skips from move 827 to move 876 I just hope you've not made any mistakes what about 50 moves is is the doctor does he really think that lowly of the doctor He's only a hand at that point. Oh, so he can't use his brain? No, he <laughs> just use a hand. But yes, the whole moving the thing forward is just very stupid. It could just tell him to speed up or he'll electrocute him or something like that, but, but not move to the like, 850th move, essentially making the Doctor play the last few moves of the game. So it doesn't matter if he made a mistake before 850. Because it's just being skipped straight forward to it. It's just stupid. And then there's a third challenge. This is basically look for a key during the middle of a domestic in a kitchen. What's that about? It's like a, it's like a crystal maze uh, quiz thing. It's rubbish. With, uh, <laughs> with Richard O'Brien and Mumsy having an argument in the middle of it. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't like much of the challenges in this. There should have been more like the first one with the chairs. Well, the second one, sorry, with the chairs, where there's more of a sense of danger and you have to overcome a logic problem or you're gonna die or something, rather than just silly games. Well, there was danger in the, in the last one. Only if there was spasm fell off a triangle. Which well could have happened. What if you fell on slippery powder? Yes. Yeah. And he wouldn't let Stephen rule the six, and, and he wouldn't let Stephen rule again. And, you know. I'm not surprised there's only 13 triangles. <laughs> it's the shortest game in history. Although if I'm playing at Monopoly, was it Monopoly or something? You know, if, if you throw a six, and then you throw another six, and then you throw another six, you go into jail. I'm not sure if that's actually part of the rules or not. Well, I think it's part of the collective adaptive rules of Monopoly. If you throw doubles, if you throw three doubles in a row, some people like to play. You get thrown into jail. Like the, it, uh, it, it's like the cheating uh, rule in pool, where you can only have one shot on the block. It's a rule for cheats. Like the, that uh, don't like losing. You do the free parking thing in Monopoly? Uh, I've done it now and again. Have you ever stolen from the bank in Monopoly? I probably have in the time. I can't claim to be a non-thief. And you can't claim to be a non-thief. <laughs> me, me and a couple, uh, when, when I was younger, me and a couple of friends used to play Monopoly. <laughs> used to steal from the bank. Well, they're bankers, what are they? Yeah. Tell you what, I bought a junior Monopoly once, when I was a bit younger. Mm-hmm. And I found that a far more interesting game than Monopoly. Wow. It was a lot more fun. Because it was shorter? Well, yes. <laughs> I think that was part of the appeal. But it was it was more interesting as well. Was, I think you you took control of the theme park and you got various rides. Oh, you, you mentioned that to me, yes. But it was shorter, yeah. It was just more fun and more... It was quicker. You going to get to Doctor Who Monopoly? I think I've seen that and I was offended by it. Because they you... Didn't they name some of the uh, premises after film, uh, after episode titles or something stupid like that? How can you build 
like hotels on an episode title. <laughs> what the fuck is this about? This isn't canonical. They then throw the board up on the air and leave. They've just not put any thought into this. They've just t- took a Monopoly board and just wrote random Doctor Who references all over it. And it just doesn't make sense. Fuck Doctor Who Monopoly. Yeah, much but the jail's been the same. Yeah. Why not send them to the Shadow Proclamation or something like that? Yeah. Why, do, why, why, do they have, why do they have to keep the corners exactly the same, but the theme, the whole rest of the thing? Or, or make it one of the 148 other different jails that are being in Doctor Who. Yeah. Or, or send them to the web planet. <laughs> you can probably build on the web planet. Did you think at the start of the episode two it didn't sound hello? It didn't sound like the Doctor's voice. No. Right. So here's here's a factoid for you. Go. The this was going to be their first first uh, this attempt to change the Doctor. They they didn't. It was a failed attempt. Well, they, they didn't do it. Obviously, they weren't allowed to. Apparently, but um. You know, he goes invisible and then reappears. Who's going to be a different actor? That would be the and, worst. And Stephen and Dodo wouldn't have known. Would, well, it wasn't going to be a regeneration at that point. He was just going to change to a different actor. And Stephen and Dodo wouldn't have known if it was a trick of the toy makers or not. So they would have actually recognised that somebody else is playing him. Yeah. So that would be like a regeneration, not just a different actor playing him. Because, like, when they usually do a different act playing them, everybody just carries on as normal. There's nothing changed. It's what we know and recognise as a different act. Like when Becky got changed off of Roseanne. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, or like, or like Lisa in that Simpsons episode. Say, yes, Gaff. Uh, yes, Gaff. Um, so, after, yeah, but uh, this was vetoed. Uh, and this was in part what led to the producer and scriptwriter resigning from Doctor Who. And that's why this episode was like a transition story where the uh, new producers sort of came on board as well. And they had uh, very, not as much money to spend on this one because it was overspent on the arc. Probably, probably that, all the money was spent on the elephant and the, uh, and the little strange air airplane go-karts they had. And the invisible budget-saving creatures. <laughs> yes, all the money was on the invisible creatures. Interestingly, mm-hmm. by this point, there have been 131 screen deaths. Interesting. And one or more regulars incarcerated, 44. That's some facts, courtesy of Doctor Who magazine there for you. Well, thank you, Doctor Who magazine. I'll leave, uh, I think it might be Ian, the animator, Anorak guy, mm-hmm. who's currently going through all that. I think he's keeping account manually of all the deaths as he goes through them. Yeah, it's one of his sections on his uh, on his blog, uh, Death Toll So Far. Yes, I believe I've seen that. Mm. So apparently we've both agreed on the companion who should be the companion from this story. Yes. And it's, and it's the Teletubby robot. It's got to be him. That doesn't move or speak. Yes. That just sits, stands in the background, smiling. Yes. Yes, it, it was the best thing about this episode, I think. <laughs> <laughs> just randomly in the background, just smiling. 
I think it'd be great. We're writing up many of an episode, I think. I think we should just put him in the background of every story. I would be quite happy with that. So, moving on to the quotes then. I uh, shall choose uh, this rather amusing quote from the Toy Master. It amuses me to give amusement. What about you? My, my quote is Stephen being racist. That's always nice. And it goes thusly. Wasn't he the Jack of Hearts? Well, possibly. But does it matter? I mean, all the Toymaker's creations look alike to me. So, um, final thoughts then? Um, I essentially... Essentially, it was just watching someone else play a board game. But uh, I did enjoy it. Uh, and I thought the music and tone was very like the uh, 60s Batman room. I think I enjoyed it more than I should have. Than you should have. Yeah. The, it did sort of get a bit tedious with the game watching, especially some of the games being uh, tediously boring. So that's quite good, uh, considering they didn't really spend any. Yeah. But it was an interesting uh, diversion from the norm. Ooh. More Doctor would have been nice, but it certainly doesn't suffer from that. And uh, unless... Yeah, I think the Toy Master made up for the lack of Doctor. It was a good character. Less Stephen. Uh, yeah, we could have less Stephen. So, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, then uh, it's drunkentimetravel at gmail.com. Uh, website is drunkentimetravel.blogstop.com, where you can also find reviews of other stuff. At Drunk Time Travel is our Twitter, over on iTunes. Please rate or comment and like us on Facebook. Or just like us, we'd like that. Yes, uh, yes, we've been saying uh, like or rate our commenters on iTunes. Please, uh, please go ahead and do it. It helps with the rankings and uh, getting us noticed. So next time, you are finally doing another one. I'm finally doing another one. Yes, You're I am doing the synopsizing of the gunfighters of the epistoric gunfighters. Exciting that will be. Yes. And as we finish the last of our brains, I say soupy twist. Soupy twist. (sighs) 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 Tune in next week for another exciting adventure of Roger Colbert. Temporal Secretary. Any similarities to Stephen Colbert or Secretariat are purely coincidental.